I'm Rhea Draken, and welcome to Under the Pavement. Well, here we are at our first episode. Ooh, I'm so excited, but I'm also pretty nervous at the same time. Um, this is my first attempt at a podcast, so if I start to ramble or stutter or go completely off topic, please try to bear with me. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to jump feet first and hope that everything works out all right. Today was an absolutely stellar day here in Florida. Um, it rained all day actually. And I love the rain, but that's not why I'm saying today was stellar. I'm saying that because we really, really need the rain. We are six inches below our average for this time of year. And honestly, if hurricane season doesn't hurry up, get here and drown us, drown this state, Florida may just end up into a giant piece of burnt toast. We have over 30 wildfires going throughout the state right now. And Who knows when it's going to end. Now, the only drawback to the rain is that the kids were cooped up inside all day. And believe me, having a five-year-old and a two-year-old stuck inside all day is no fun at all. Now, my oldest did get to go and spend time with his grandma today. So he was out of our house and playing special time with grandma and granddaddy. But we had the two-year-old stuck here. And we tried playing games. That wasn't working. He, he He kept wanting to go outside. He kept wanting to play. Then he started saying he wanted to watch a movie. So we let him pick out about three different movies, and he ended up picking Garfield, Shark Tales, and Scooby-Doo 2. Scooby-Doo 2 didn't play because our disc is too scratched up, so we ended up watching, um, what was it, Night at the Museum instead. To which I hear my youngest son suddenly going, Oh, Mommy, is Dysar scary? Because he's thinks everything is scary, but everything that's scary is fun, and I don't understand little boys, but apparently he likes it. But it was a nice day because we don't normally get to spend a whole lot of time as a family. Um, yes, Shadar is here in the mornings, you know, before he goes to work so the kids get to see him, but generally, you know, he only gets to see him for five or ten minutes before they go to bed because of his schedule. I pick him up with the kids. We get to talk for 10, 15 minutes, and then off to bed, the boys have to go. So we don't get to spend a whole whole lot of time together, so we do try to make what we do spend count. And our youngest sat in Shadar's lap for half of the day, just sucking his thumb, staring at the TV. <laughs> so, you know, all in all, it, it went pretty nice. I was pretty happy about that. But, um... I was futzing around on the internet this morning and, you know, doing what I do best, which is being nosy, and I came across this pretty cool website. You might want to go check it out. It's pentaclemagazine.com, and what it is, it's a UK-based pagan magazine that you can get a U.S. subscription. I think it's $20 for the year subscription, and on their site, they have a place where members can post news articles, and one of them caught my attention pretty quick. The title was... Psychics may have to pass a test to practice. Now, this uh, article was posted back on May 29th, and the person who posted did not leave any information as to where they got the article in the first place, so I couldn't get any more information on it other than what was posted on Pinnacle Magazine. But what the article is saying is that in Salem, Massachusetts, the city councilors have been listening to like two dozen witches and psychics in the area describing you know the tools of the trade and what it is to be a fortune teller slash psychic 
because their current criteria to become a licensed fortune teller in Salem is just not working at all. Um, this started almost a year ago, according to the article, and what they're trying to do is there's apparently a problem up in Salem that some of the fortune tellers are ripping their customers off by charging them huge amounts of money to remove curses or quote-unquote black clouds from these people. Uh, there was one woman who paid over $2,000 for a series of readings where she was told that she had a black aura, which turned out to be a bold-faced lie. So now the city is suggesting some changes, like maybe the uh, applicants could submit a five-year employment history, their education background, uh, possibly a criminal background check, and either live in or run a business in Salem for at least a year before they can get a license. Uh, one of the shop owners that's already there that was at the meeting suggested that um, nobody under the age of 20 should be doing readings because they don't have the life experiences. And she also suggested that maybe a committee be created to screen the applicants. And what's really making my blood boil about this whole thing is the fact that there are people out there that are willing to go out of their way to screw somebody for money. Now, I suck at divination, I'll admit that. I've tried tarot cards, rune stones, various forms of scrying. I can't figure any of them out to save my life. But what these people are doing is they're taking somebody that doesn't know what the tarot cards mean or what the lines on the hands mean or what the runes stand for and they're giving them bullshit answers and charging them vast amounts of money to try and supposedly fix what's wrong with their life. I feel confident in saying that most pagans would be able to tell if somebody was BSing them about a tarot card reading or the like. But a lot of the people that do go to the psychics don't know the meaning of the tarot cards. And they're, they're just, you know, they're not as informed as pagans in general are on the meanings of the divination styles. So I wouldn't really be surprised to find out if there were still some non-pagans out there that see the death card in a tarot spread and go, Oh my goodness, that means that somebody I know is going to die. When we all know, well, no, that's not what it means. It means the death of something old and the beginning of something new. That's the circle of life. But these fortune tellers up in Salem are just being cruel to these people. Now, I mean, I know that there are certain people that will go to a psychic or a for fortune teller before they'll go see a psychiatrist or a therapist or some other way to figure out their problems. They feel more comfortable going to a psychic. That's fine. That's their business. But the problem is, is these people that are screwing people for money are giving the rest of us a very, very bad image. I mean, I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable trying to open a fortune-telling store anywhere near my hometown because of all of the bad, 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 bleh, bad publicity that fortune-telling and gypsy things have gotten in my area. But, mm, okay, enough about that rant, because if I keep going, I'm going to go for hours, and I'll never shut up. So, uh, let's think. Oh, here's another one. Has anybody else been looking for a job lately and been finding nothing? You know, I, th I swear, there's got to be, like, some sort of hiring ban or something going on in Florida, because I have been looking since February, and I cannot find anything. What I do find either only pays minimum wage, and that wouldn't even cover the gas it would take me to get there, 
let alone, you know, daycare and whatnot for the kids. Or the ones that do pay more, they all want a year's experience. And what's driving me nuts is how are you supposed to get a year's experience if no one will hire you to get the experience? Even the staffing agencies down here will not take you on as a potential client unless you have a year's office experience. Now, stop me if I'm wrong, but I thought temp agencies and staffing agencies were supposed to help you get a job to get the experience so that you could get a better job eventually, you know, after your temp mission is done, but uh, I guess I'm wrong. Uh, I mean, I do, I do have reasons why I, I don't have a job right now, and they are fairly valid. Um, you know, when school was in, in session, I had to drop the kids off at school and I had to pick them up in the afternoons. Um, most places won't let you work for only a few hours every day unless it's a part-time job and then you're usually only making minimum wage again, at least here in Florida. Um, so we've got the kids. Uh, now that school's out, I have nobody to babysit the kids. Uh, we only have the one car and, I, you know, Shadar's got to get to work because he is the quote-unquote breadwinner of the family. Um, and honestly, somebody's got to clean the house because if I don't do it, I know it's not going to get done. It's not that, you know, the boys don't try to help. It's just they, they don't do it right. I'm sorry. Sheets do not go in the bottom drawer of the dresser when that's where the pants are supposed to go. <laughs> Little things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I feel kind of like I'm not really helping my family very much because I'm not working outside of the home in a job that brings in a signed and certified paycheck. Now, granted, I do work for my parents doing, you know, I help my mom with her errands. I help my dad do the lawn more recently. We put together my dad a shed. I just built my mom a gazebo for Mother's Day. In doing all of these little oddball things for my parents, what they're doing is they pay our rent, our cable, cable bill, our internet, our phone, and the car insurance just for me to do these things. And so, while yes, I'm bringing in money, I'm not at the same time, if that makes any sense. And it, it makes me feel bad that I'm not bringing in a paycheck, but at the same time, I know that if it were not for what I do for my parents, we wouldn't have the apartment, we wouldn't have car insurance, we wouldn't have a phone, we wouldn't have the internet, and we wouldn't have the cable, because on Shadar's paycheck, we can barely afford the food, the electric bill and the water bill and you know having maybe 30 bucks outside of bills to have you know playtime going to the movies with the kids or well I would say going out to dinner for Shadar and I but well we've been together two years and been on a t grand total of three dates okay well now we're gonna go ahead and take a short break for some music uh, when we come back, I would like to talk a little bit about some of the things about Litha, since that is coming up here in a couple of weeks. Until then, uh, this is Come and Dance With Me by Spiral Rhythm. Hope you enjoy it. Come and dance with me. Come and dance with me. Come and dance with me, dance with me, dance with me. 
what I want, all I want I call to her. If I need when I need what I need, all I need she sends to me. If I want when I want what I want, all I want I call to her. If I need when I need what I need, all I need she sends to me. Come and dance with me. Come and dance. Come and Hope you enjoyed the song. Alright, let's talk a little bit about Litha, um, also known as Summer Solstice, uh, Midsummer. It's the longest day and the shortest night of the year. And the Summer Solstice reminds us that nothing lasts forever. We don't live in the twilight realm of fairy. We live in the living, dying, fading, growing, and changing world of the earth. And whenever something is complete, we have to learn to let it go. But of course, you know, letting go of things and people we love isn't easy. So my family uses the summer solstice as a wonderful time to kind of practice giving things away, whether it's an old toy, you know, maybe a favorite book, a favorite game, something like that. We go out of our way to find somebody we think might like it, and we give it to them. And even the kids are pretty good about this, the... uh, my youngest last year actually gave his cousin all of his sippy cups because he didn't think he needed them anymore. Um, but, you know, letting go of something doesn't mean simply just getting rid of it. When we let go of something, we allow it to change and to grow on its own. It's like when a mother lets go of her child, that that child gets a chance to grow up and become their own person as opposed to so-and-so's son or daughter. And at the summer solstice, we have to remember that the times of the year that we feel happy and when we feel sad are very special and very sacred to the goddess because there are times when we're changing and the goddess herself is always changing, as seen in the threefold law and the life myths. Now, um, as you may know, the summer solstice is a a fire festival, And for thousands of years, people all over Europe used to celebrate this by, you know, lighting huge bonfires. Um, In Wales, a huge wheel used to be set on fire and rolled down a mountainside. If it stayed burning all the way to the bottom, that meant that the harvest was going to be good. Of course, we can't do that in the cities in today's society because we'd probably get arrested for sending a flaming wheel of doom rolling down the middle of the street. But what we can do instead is maybe get a wreath of vines and wrap it in some red and orange and maybe even yellow thread 
or ribbon so that it appears to be on fire as we roll it down the sidewalk or whatnot. Um, a little bit about the goddess at Midsummer. She is, at this point, the generous mother. She's the one who gives life and fruitfulness to everyone, all of her children, and everything in nature is generous, otherwise we couldn't live. And she gives us not just what we need at this time of the year, but sometimes a little bit extra. And we can feel even closer to the goddess by being generous to other people, by giving more than what we have been asked to give, by, you know, going the extra mile and maybe doing more than what we consider our fair share. Maybe, you know, if somebody else isn't, you know, up to, you know, being able to do a certain task, why not go ahead and do it for them? If you have a garden and you're outside watering and you notice that your neighbor's garden could do with some water, all you got to do is turn slightly to one side and aim your hose at their garden and you've done something incredibly nice for somebody else. And it didn't take you anything to do it. Now, the god at Midsummer, he's changing because he, of course, he starts the year as the New Year's baby, as modern mythology tends to look at him. And when the daylight is the longest and the strongest at Midsummer, that symbolizes the change that needs to occur for the night to come back into power. Everything and everyone who fulfills their purpose must change. The God has fulfilled his purpose in bringing light to the world. Now it is time for him to return to the underworld, to the world of the dreamer. Oh, let me see. Um, it's at this point of the year where he becomes the messenger, carrying all of our hopes and our prayers up to the spirits. Um, the God's also the partner of the goddess, bringing abundance to all nature. He's the sun god. He's the ancient power of life who was usually known just as the good god or the keeper of crops, the provider of his people. Now, I, I've noticed that in quite a few traditions around Beltane, mothers tend to get a little special ritual just for them because Mother's Day falls in May and Beltane is, of course, the first of May. And it's also, I think, a pretty good idea for Litha to celebrate Father's Day at the same time. Um, you know, we really need to include our men into the workings of Wicca and witchcraft because it has been known for so long as a female-dominated religion that there are quite a few men out there that are very interested in it but don't feel that they even have the right to even come and go, hey, I want to know some more. Can you teach me? So a simple ritual just to honor the men and fathers in your life, you know, your husband, your father, your grandfather, um, and I'm talking people, you know, the adoptive fathers, the stepfathers, the foster fathers. Just because that your DNA is not in that child does not mean you're not the father. And it's like with my own father. I was adopted. He's not my biological father, but he's always been my daddy. And, you know, we we started trying with my dad to celebrate Father's Day with him in a ritual form. And it worked pretty good last year. But at the beginning of this year, he had a stroke. And he has become a born-again Christian. And God has blessed him for finding his path so now, unfortunately, we can't do any of the rituals that we used to do with him because uh, he says they're wrong and he doesn't 
say we can't do them, he would just prefer not to be included. So I think that, you know, maybe just in addition to the standard Father's Day cards, you know, maybe just go out of your way to give your father figures, be they your father or your children's fathers, or yourself, um, give them a massage, you know, or just you know, come home from work and say, hey, honey, you know what, why don't you just don't worry about anything for the rest of the day, just sit down, watch TV, I'll handle it. You know, just try to do something nice for the father in your life. You know what I'm saying? Alright, well, I think that about covers it for now. Um, I do actually have quite a few things I really want to get out and talk about, but if I were to do that now, I would end up being here for the next 12 hours. I would never shut up, and everybody would hate me by then. So what I'm going to do is cut myself off and say thank you again for listening. I really appreciate the support. I would actually love to hear some feedback from some of the listeners, um, any comments, ideas, um, critiques, uh, if you think I could have done something better, if I could have you know, not done something, uh, if I should have done something and I didn't do it, come on, just let me know. Um, I Also, I am a big, big, big collector of random bits of information, the weirder the better. So if you have any of those you'd like to send me, I'm more than happy to hear them. Um, the email address is under the pavement at comcast.net. And you can also find me on Coven Space at my page, reyadraken.covenspace.com. And just so that you know how to spell it, it's R-E-I-A-D-R-A-E-K-Y-N. So until the next podcast, I will say blessed be. I hope you have a great one. And get out there and maybe, you know, hug a tree. Make somebody smile, even if it's just because they think you're nuts. Bye.